3: Blog Talk Radio.
2: Well, good morning, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford here on Small Business IT Radio for another week. Pretty exciting week. I just was checking online and I heard the uh, the S and P five hundred they actually halted trading of futures today. So. The market turmoil is continuing, we got customer needs still going on and we're here still on blog talk radio uh, for our weekly webcast here on small business IT radio again. my name is Stuart Crawford and I'm broadcasting from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, and we got a great panel of people, uh, professionals uh, brought together today to uh, talk about you know what does it take to be professional in the IT industry, especially being small business IT providers or IT partners. We're going to discuss professionalism in today's IT community. Uh, you know, you can be a small shop and still be professional. And how do you deal with the small IT consultants who are not professional? We're going to hopefully get around to a lot of these questions. But let me just bring you up to feed here on, um, on our program for today. Again, we are on the Blog Talk Radio Network. The chat session is now open uh, through blogtalkradio.com. So if you want to get on there and ask any questions, you can do so. Uh, this is a weekly show. We do broadcast live uh, every week here uh, at 10 o'clock Mountain Time. That's noon on the East Coast, 9 a.m., uh, on the West Coast, and we do use uh, broad, uh, blogtalkradio.com as the mechanism to uh, get the word out there. It's a great free service. If you're interested in uh, even setting up a small little webcast, podcast for your clients, uh, go to blogtalkradio.com today and, and sign up for your free account. Anyway, let's, uh, let's crack right into our, uh, into our session for today. We have uh, a panelist of, of three uh, very well-known uh, people in the small business IT community. Uh, professionals, uh, the the best professionals I have run into in their different practice areas. We have uh, Carl Palachuk, who joins us from Sacramento, Uh, Philip Elder from um, just off the highway from me here in Alberta, uh, in the Edmonton, St. Albert, Alberta area, and uh, Amy from uh, Harbor Computer Services in Michigan is joining us on the line today. So Amy, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I always want to start with the... uh, with the the females when they join our uh, when our group, you know, eight, I guess it's uh, bringing you on board here. Tell us a little about yourself, your your business, and um, and where you specialize in the small business IT community today.
1: Well, um, I have a small IT firm in Detroit area of Michigan. Um, we have five people on staff, four of whom are technical staff. Uh, We specialize in the, you know, our sweet spot is the folks that use small business server size. So, um, you know, anybody that would be able to use that server, most of the clients are in the range of uh, 10 to 40 users on their system. Um, And uh, we've been doing it here in Michigan for for 10 years.
2: And now you're a Microsoft uh, MVP with security, is that correct?
1: Yeah, actually I'm a forefront MVP and that uh, mm-hmm. so I was an ICE MVP, they rebranded us all under the the forefront uh umbrella. But yeah, I've been an MVP for uh 3 years now.
2: So you're focusing on the on the more on the on the security side with your MVP uh designation.
1: Yeah, you know, I I think because that's an interest of mine, um, our clients tend to also have that uh, that bent as well, so we do do maybe a little bit more on security than some other consultants in the area do.
2: Well, great. Well, welcome and good uh, good afternoon to you uh, from the Detroit area there, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, Philip Elder from just up the highway for me, uh, about three hours north. Uh, Philip, you're a Microsoft uh, partner as well. As, I do believe as home as a home business specialist. Tell us a about yourself, your business there in uh, in northern Alberta, and the value that you bring to the community up there in the Edmonton area.
3: We, uh, as a company, the company we own is uh, Ampex Inc. Minnick, My wife and I uh, have been out in operations for about six years now. We're focused on the five to twenty-five seat range, as far as uh, the client type that we have settled in with, um, primarily accountants, lawyers, and uh, nonprofits here in Saint Albert, especially. Uh, We do focus on small business server. Uh, We have done that for quite a number of years, find it meets uh, pretty much all of the needs that we find in our small business clients. And uh, we have a few uh, technicians that float in and out as we get busy that we can call upon when the time or the the needs dictate. And uh, our primary uh, community involvement is through the uh, FCSS group here in St. Albert in the greater Edmonton area. So we're pretty... Pretty deeply involved with uh, a lot of the nonprofits around uh, the Edmonton area as, p- as far as providing services for them.
2: Great, and welcome uh, welcome to you this morning. And uh, our last panelist is Carl Palachuk, and Carl is uh, no stranger to many of us in the small business IT community. However, I do believe, Carl, a first-time uh, panelist here on Small Business IT Radio today. Yes, and thank you for having me. So so tell us a little bit uh, about... Uh, your business, you got a couple of different things on the go there, uh, but you started off as an IT uh, professional way back in the day, and I do believe you're still doing that today, but you're spun off to a number of different interests as well.
0: Yes, i uh, we started out with KP Enterprises in 1995, and we're currently seven people, and we design, build, and support Microsoft networks in Northern California, so we're, we're heavy into the SBS space, although we have a number of clients who are... 50, 60 70 so obviously we're not putting them on on SBS and um, but we're we're going out every day and, and still you know doing the technical stuff on the side I also have written a couple of books and so I have a, a website to to promote those books and and do a little bit of educating here and there where I can
2: great I know Carl you're one of the well respected uh, leaders in our community so Uh, Welcome to you, and uh, thank you for joining us. So, guys, let's just start right at the beginning here. Um, One of the things I see consistently throughout small business IT professionals, you go to conferences, if you uh, attend the local uh, user groups like Philip mentioned uh, in the greater Edmonton area, uh, there's a a wide range of, uh, I call it the, the techie type folks, right up to uh, the flashy sales and marketing people—you know, that the shiny, the, the nice suits and the shiny shoes. Uh, where do you, where do you see the, the status of the industry when it comes to overall professionalism? Do you think we're, further ahead today than we were, say, five years ago, Carl? Maybe I'll throw that over to you, since, uh, you know, you finished last. You know, where do you see the current status of uh, our state of professionalism in our industry today?
0: Well, I guess from my perspective, I'm very happy to say that. I think it's heading in the right direction. I think that we have higher standards than we did a few years ago. We expect more out of each other. I'm a little sad that there's it's still so easy for people who are totally untrained and unprofessional to get into this business. But uh, in terms of the people who are here and who are taking it seriously, I think it's very much headed in the right direction.
2: Do you see the bar, the Carl? Do you see the bar is definitely being uh, raised by? others in the industry or by, you know, vendors like Microsoft, say Wall, those type of organizations, or independent organizations like the ICCA? Is, is well, one of those directly responsible for raising that bar? Uh,
0: I think all of them a little. I mean, the other thing is clients themselves, right? I mean, if a client were to leave me or leave one of you guys, anybody on this call, and, and go to another consultant, they would say okay so what do you use for automated patch management and what do you use for remote control and what do you use for reporting and the clients have learned to expect more and they're not going to get that out of somebody who just you know lives out of his trunk and and does tech support in his spare time so but i think that clearly microsoft has raised the bar the sbsc program demonstrates that uh, you know all of the vendors have done something uh, to try to, to jump on the managed service bandwagon. And, and the result of that has been to kind of treat a, a whole group of people who are very professional as the key consultants that they want to work with.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good uh, good way to look at it, Carl. I think, uh, you know, we even see the changes in the SMB Nation Conference from the first one I attended to even the one that just recently completed, that even the tracks are changing to the point where, uh, it's a bit more on the, I like to say a bit of vacuuming and not so much leaning towards the technical. Don't get me you know, and don't get me wrong, the technical information is pretty important. But when you're talking to a CEO, Amy, you've come probably get tested. This they're more concerned about if their information secure these days uh, over the the bits and bytes. Is that what you're seeing with your clients?
1: Yeah, I think security has been more of an issue. To add on to what Carl was saying, I would agree with him that the level of professionalism I think is going up in our industry in the small business side and I I almost think that it's being driven by the clients though and not so much by the efforts of various vendors to certify uh, people working in this area. Clients are a lot more sophisticated than they used to be. Um, They're they, there's a general recognition now in small business that the technology is a very crucial part of their success, and so uh, to me, I see clients taking a much more active interest, and um, in a much greater willingness to uh, invest in technologies in for their for their business to, uh, you know, really keep themselves on the on the cutting edge.
2: And and do you think, Amy, that maybe the 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 down even in today's world the downturn in the economic uh, uh, community is also going to help drive the the professionals where clients are going to want and demand more from their IT consultants. Like one of the things I can you know one thing we're doing differently today than we did even six months ago is now that we need to do a full cost analysis and feature and benefit review with our clients even before they buy. Say an office upgrade, and what's you know how's that going to impact their business? And so we're even shifting the way we have to do things again, driven by the client. Do you think that has something to do with it?
1: Well, the economy is definitely having an impact. You know, I know from my own bottom line that we're doing a little bit less work for each client than we than we did in the past, and that's kind of everybody tightening up their belts and. One of the ways that, that we have been approaching our, our clients is um, we're approaching them not from a technology point of view, but always from a business point of view. So we're continually talking to them about productivity, about um, you know, new, uh, new, how do I want to word this? New, new ways of doing things that can be more efficient for them, so that they are really able to see a return from the investment that they're making in IT. And they're recognizing that as an investment now and not so much just a cost that they're not paying a lot of attention to. They really are paying close attention to those to those costs and what they're getting out of it. And if you can't explain that to your customer, you're definitely not making sales in the time when the economy's is tough.
2: And I like what you say, the word investment, because that was a big turning stone in my career when I stopped looking at things as a cost, uh, you know, I'm selling a, a server or an FBS server, into the client investing in this technology, uh, and Philip, you're you know you, you're a smaller firm, you know a couple couple folks up there in the, in, Ed, in the Edmonton area. Where do you see the overall professionalism in the IT, uh, you know, in the Canadian market? You know, you and I probably share a lot more stories uh, on our direct market, especially being in close proximity to each other. Uh, but you know, in, even the Calgary Edmonton relationship, there's definitely a distinct uh, marketplace, different ways of doing things. But what are you seeing up north in in regards to the Canadian market,
3: I think uh, to to carry on with uh, what Amy was saying, we all dealt with uh, the garage or basement what 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 I would call the garage or or basement business operator, so somebody who was running their i t business out of their apartment or basement or garage or whatever and the one thing uh, that happened I find over the last number of years here I'd say about two to three years is exactly what Amy said. People got wise just because this person was selling their services at half the cost that uh, a professional firm was selling their services, and they uh, immediately they're thinking, deal, um, not so much anymore. Now people are beginning to realize that there's value for the dollar they spend, and I find that's very much the case uh, up in here. Uh, when we talk to people, we talk to people about the value, what they're getting, what what kind of things that uh, the products that we sell and service and and support, what can it and enable the business to to operate in a, a more efficient manner, a more mobile f- manner, uh, work from anywhere in the world, uh, start showing the small business server features and stuff like that. That's that's what I find in the end uh, is the perception, it's value, value for what they're getting, what they're paying for they may not necessarily be getting a cadillac
2: but they're definitely getting a bmw mm-hmm. one of the one of the things i one of the things i always see guys is it's uh, just even in mindset is um, you know the world's going global we're seeing we're definitely seeing the impacts of globalization even in the economy and how markets fluctuate so so rapidly but even how customers use data and how offshoring is becoming more and more uh, prevalent in our industry about Offshoring, tech support, and uh, all that stuff happening—the whole shift is, of how people do business is changing, and uh, professional organizations get that uh, whole change. Carl, you know how important is it to your organization that you embrace the the changes in the world, and do you do you feel that? Uh, I mean, I'm just gonna—I mean, I'm looking at your blog post from you know on September 19th, what kind of of this whole thing? Uh, and I really don't want to use the word trunk slammers and single point of failures if I can help it. But do you, do you find that as a professional organization you can keep up with those changes faster? Say maybe over, uh, you know, uh, you know, there's a, there's lots of good one man operations up there, but you know those ones that we can call the single point of failure or the trunk slammer.
0: Well, I you know I think part of it is that if you've got three or four or five people, you can literally hand a technology to somebody and say here, Stuart, go learn this, and then you're going to teach the rest of us. And, you know, everybody always has a learning curve. And if you're teaching yourself, whether it's, you know, design or the new version of, of some Microsoft product, whatever it is, the first time you jump in, you're just going to have to climb that learning curve. And if you can hand it to somebody and say, all right, you go learn this, then you bring it back and teach us, they, there's always five or six key things that takes everybody to the point where they get it and then they can learn much faster after that. So I think that size helps with that, but in terms of the question of professionalism, you know, the habit of taking on new technologies, the habit of going and getting the certification in the latest stuff instead of the older stuff is a habit that will automatically put you ahead of the crowd and a lot of the people who never ever move, who always stay doing the exact same thing year after year, they're there because they don't have a habit of moving. So, so they just stay there, and uh, they do as much as they can as the world swirls around them. So,
2: one of the one of the things I always joke around with Carl is, you know, we know some people in the, in our market here. If we can install Windows 95 and NT 4, we'd uh, we continue to do that. Not our not us personally, but I know some people that would oh, would yeah. do that. Uh Amy, maybe uh anything you you would add like to add to Carl's comments there around uh you know, keeping up with uh, technology?
1: Yeah, you know, I was when he was talking I was thinking about um, my own uh, hiring preferences when I'm going out to look for people. And um I'm always I'm always addressing folks that are uh yeah, they, they present themselves as a technical person. But that's really not the skill I'm looking for. To me, it's very easy to find someone who's technically qualified for the job, but it's much more difficult to find a person that I trust talking to my client. And the way that, the way that my business is, is set up, each of my we're, – we're almost, we're almost configured like a law firm, and each, each of my staff has a group of clients that they're entirely responsible for. So they are, they are the face of the company, and they have to be able to interact with the business owner so in a small business environment, you know, we, we are talking directly to the owner of the business when, when we're talking about the technology and um, what it's going to do for them. We're not, we're not so much talking, you know, IT person to IT person because there isn't an IT person at the business. So we have to be able to communicate on a business level. And I find that skill is the one that's lacking in our community right now more so than the technical skill.
2: And, and Philip, Philip, from your side there being, you know, um, you and your, uh, and your spouse there, you're wearing, you're wearing multiple hats. You're wearing the, tech, the technical hat and the business owner hat plus the business consultant hat. And how do you balance that?
3: Uh, very carefully. <laughs> uh, the, te- the technical side of it is um, the brain burner as far as uh, always learning new things. The business side of it, uh, I was very fortunate to have uh, an employer um, prior, a few years prior to us uh, starting the business, a very, very business savvy, a very, very together fellow, Larry. And uh, he's been mentioned several ty- times on our blog. Um, he gave me the skills that, uh, or the foundation and the skills that I needed to, to understand what it means to run a business. Well, there's cash flow influences. There's being personable. There's presentation, how I look, How I. what I drive. I used to drive a very rusted out green old Chev, and he just kind of, cringe a little when he saw it, uh, when I first started out. Um, so all of those, all of those aspects of, um, putting together a package, me, uh, it, to present to the business owners is, is what I received. And then when Minnick and I did start the business, all of that, uh, together with her abilities, she uh, she's, um, got some very professional skills due to her past experience. Uh, we've, we've put together a pretty solid package as far as okay presentation when it comes to business skills how do we talk to the client uh in a personable but professional manner what do we say what do we not say what do we broach as a subject what do we not broach as a subject kind of like the the weather topic or something like that so uh, all around the 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 whole package is definitely a, an important aspect of of uh, facing being the face in front of the client
2: and you may you mention a important piece there philip was about the uh, i always call i wrote an article several years ago called the image factor and why we need to be- you know present ourselves in a in a in a professional manner and you know you're a great example of you know, a smaller operation that still portrays the the professional image now philip on your in your company uh do you still you know you always heard the old analogy you know you know you have to make, make yourself look bigger than what you actually are do you practice that or or do you let your clients know that you know what we're a professional small business
3: the, our clients know about us like don't we don't we don't hide anything we are a we we're a team um Nick and I and then we have uh, the, the technicians that we include in that team as far as um, the subcontractors when it's a me the, there's there's something that that gets missing, I find. Um, if it's just me, because I am the technical side of the business, uh, so that's basically the hands that are working on the servers doing the remote stuff or whatever the case may be, there is, I find, something lacking. Uh, the teamwork and uh, the team aspect of, of uh, supporting a business is, yeah, it, it tells the client that we're about something more than just ourselves. And I think that's a very important aspect of how we do business we're we're there for them we're not there for us and uh, uh, when we when we're alone, it can be difficult to to come across that we are putting them first
2: and that's 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 I like that you, you, the presenting the we uh, I know still a lot of people say you know it's I and especially a lot, you know even hey, even an organization of thirty people there's still a lot of the Personal ownership. You know, we hear people; they're my clients, or um, and I'm constantly trying to coach, mentor people. So you know, there should be our clients for as a group, and having that. I always want to say it's uh, you know it's more than one a single a single point of failure. There we go. That's what the uh, the message is all about. Is even even if you're 30 people and you still say I, you get the perception that you could be a single point of failure or or just one man. And I think business today needs to have the comfort of knowing that there's more than just one person in an organization, even though you may have 30 employees if you present yourself as a single uh, person, that you give that perception out there. Uh, Amy, maybe I'm going to re- uh, refer this question over to you. Uh, how important is the community uh, and being professional in the community uh, to your business? I know you're very involved with SMB Nation. I see you there every year and, and different, uh, in different the, groups in the Detroit area. Uh, how important is that? Do you use the community, and when you're talking with clients, and uh, to make your business, uh, you know, pu- draw upon those resources to help your business?
1: You know, I've, I've tried to convey that to clients, and um, I've, I'm not sure that that message really gets through to them. But I, I do believe that it is the being active in a wider community is has added a lot to my business. Um, it, it definitely gives me a, a wider perspective and a greater base of people to to bounce things off of. Because you know it doesn't matter if you have four, four IT staff like we do. We still sometimes run into that point where where we're stuck, or we want to run an idea by you know somebody else. Because in a company, your company always develops a certain culture, and you know that that uh, the way that you would do things ordinarily isn't necessarily the, the best thing for an individual client. So when we think we have something like that, I do go out there and, and ask people, you know, what about this situation? And, you know, when when we have directly used our community resources to, to help a client, I do always make sure to mention that, you know, um, you know, this is one of, one of the things that does, I believe, differentiate us, but I really have a hard time communicating it to clients.
2: Okay. So you, do you use that uh, when you're going in and putting in proposals and you're, you're the value out of your business, you mentioned uh, your community involvement and you have this team of uh, people outside of your organization that you can call upon?
1: Um, I, I do, and I, I also mention that uh, my entire staff is involved in the community. So, in fact, um, that's one thing that we actually feature re- pretty prominently on our on our website that we point potential new clients to. And we say, look, you know, these, these people are not just propeller heads that are on our staff. They actually um, have a passion for this kind of work, and they show that by participating in various activities going on in the IT community. And, you know, because as, a, as an employee in, a, in an IT firm, that's really all volunteer work that you're doing. You know, as a boss, I'm not necessarily paying my people specifically to go to user group meetings or to subscribe to mailing lists online, but they do that because they have a passion for the work that they're doing. So that's the thing that that I try to focus on and say, you know, we're not hiring just an IT guy. We're hiring people that have a real passion for this kind of work.
2: That's wonderful. I mean, I I love that because um, when you get everybody involved in the community, uh, of course, it helps with the business. The clients pick up on that, and I like how you mentioned the word passion, and because if you're passionate and that you show that, people can pick up on that pretty pretty easy. That's one of the things I found out with Carl. When we first did our first talk uh, together uh, earlier this year at uh, SMB Summit, I sense Carl's passion about what he truly believes in, and that kind of rubbed off on me when I went out and did my talk. But Carl, maybe, maybe for you, have, what do you do at KP Enterprises, or what are you? What's your Approach when dealing with your own staff around uh, involvement in the community is that something that you uh, highly recommend or they just do it naturally
0: well we certainly encourage it and you know I run I think Amy does too run the uh, the local SBS user group so
2: I, I think we all do actually for our <laughs> local areas
0: so makes it much easier to to go to your employees and say hey are you going to be there tonight you know it doesn't doesn't hurt a bit um, But, uh, you know, we we do tell people that this matters and that the professionalism is something that they're going to take with them because you never know when we're going to have to downsize or you just get tired of working for me or whatever it might be. You know, people come and go. The world changes. And it's great to be able to rely on other people who are out there and know what the market's like and be able to call people. We constantly are calling people from the user group to say, Hey, do you have experience with this kind of a Cisco switch, or have you in, ever installed this kind of a phone system? And it's nice to know that they're going to answer that phone, and they just they just give any information they have. They don't hold us hostage or say, "Oh, uh, let me meet your client," or "Let me, uh, you know, get paid for that as a you know a, a subcontractor or whatever." So you know the the resources of the community are far more than just somebody you can meet with and you know, learn about the newest technology. It's also somebody who can help you very casually improve your business. And I think it helps the technicians to be able to have a professional relationship with other technicians in other companies. They, they, they know how those companies work, and they sort of get a sense about the way that things work in other companies and that, you know, the way we do it isn't so unusual or so dramatically different from everybody else.
2: Okay, so Carl, maybe maybe I'll keep on with you here on this topic. Here, what what do you do inside of your organization to uh, help foster that culture of professionalism? Like, do you have a series of learns maybe internally? Do you uh, bring in outside speakers? Do you do anything unique inside of KP Enterprises to help build that culture of professionalism and keep the culture of your organization uh, everybody on the same wavelength?
0: Well. I don't know how unique it is,
2: but I'll tell
0: you what we do. We, uh, every On the final Friday of the month, we bring in some kind of food, pizza, Chinese food or something. And starting with lunch, we all have lunch together, the whole company, not just the technicians. And it's a way for people to have a casual get-together, uh, but at the office. And uh, then after that, the technicians have a training session which sometimes they design, sometimes we say, okay, Josh, you're in charge of presenting this, or Dan, you're gonna do this, or sometimes Manuel and I present something because we need everybody to learn a new technology or to have a deeper understanding of DNS or whatever it might be. And depending on how things go, it might be two hours, it might be all the way until five o'clock. But every Friday, or every final Friday, of of every month, we do that. So if you're ever in the Sacramento area and you want some free training, just wander by our office. But um, we also encourage them to buy books. We will reimburse our technicians for books. We've never had anybody overwhelm us with lots and lots of requests that were unreasonable because they tend to buy books and then read them and then with luck they go take an exam. And um, sometimes it's hard to get them to actually take the exams, but we do encourage that. We pay for exams. We pay for the, the tests, whether they pass them or not. And we give them a raise if they pass them. So it's, it's actually the only way for a technician to get a raise in our company is to pass an exam.
2: Are these, are these primarily just technical exams, Carl, or are you doing uh, any other type of business, acumen-type training and, it, and doing the same thing?
0: That depends on the manager. So if, if somebody's trying to learn a specific thing, and and you know we have people sometimes you may or may not know this some technicians tend to be ADD so they need a little training on on focusing or or management type skills where where they're going to be able to use it to take themselves to the next level and so if if there's something like that that we think is
2: useful for their career and for us uh, we will also pay for that okay and Amy what are you guys doing in in your company there in uh, in the Detroit area Something similar, or you have a total, total complete, different uh, approach?
1: Uh, well, it's actually kind of similar, but we actually meet uh, two Monday mornings of a month. And uh, one of those is uh, technical training, and the other one is client review. And we do our client review all together. So each of us sits down with our you know, book of clients that we're responsible for, and tells the group what's happening with that client and, you know, where they're going, what their concerns are, what kind of issues they've had recently. And it, so we really get a good conversation going. Um, and it, uh, I think it helps us present the same kind of uh, solution, same kind of image to all of our clients because we all know what everybody's doing. And it, we get really good conversations in that meeting. Um, and then technical meeting, like Carl said, we, we kind of do the same thing. We either have uh, one of the technicians present um, something or um, a lot of times I do it myself. Sometimes I just make everybody sit down and watch a particular webcast that Microsoft puts out because I thought it was really, really, really good and on point with uh, something that we've got upcoming. So we do a variety of things in that technical training. But I think both of those meetings are are really important. And I, you know, going back to stuff that Carl and Phil both talked about, um, the business acumen side. Um, you know, I, as IT people, it's it's often interesting to find out where people got their business acumen from. You know, Phil mentioned a previous employer, because it's not something that uh, that we're trained in when we go and you know pick. Pe- you out well, to be an IT person, it's just, you know, tech class, another tech class, another tech class. They never talk about talking to the business owner or, or thinking about things from a business point of view. Um, in my, my own situation, I think mine came from twofold, in that I actually have a background in economics. And um, one of my first IT jobs, <clears throat> when I made that jump, was... Um, after a while, I end up, ended up being the person that had to go out and talk to the clients that were, that were unhappy with service. <laughs> and so, you know, I, as an IT person, I had to go out there and fix the IT problem, but I also had to fix the client relationship. And that did so much for me, and it was really a happenstance situation as an IT person that I was able to rise into, into doing, that, doing that job level, and my, my boss let me have that opportunity. But there's really no formal training in that, and
2: that's really unfortunate. Now, you, you you brought up a good point there, Amy. Around you know, I'm starting to see more and more of that in the in the small business IT space. And some of our larger competitors here in our market have been doing it for years, where they have the the 150, 200, and some odd employees on staff. But you, you mentioned uh, your background uh, and using your previous skills, and, and, and Philip has mentioned uh, you know a former employer has coached and mentored. Uh, them is how important Amy, is it for you uh, when you 're looking for people to have other skills outside of you know technical maybe they have an accounting background or uh, you know sales and marketing when they're you know and talking to clients now about how you know technology affects sales and marketing but be able to t- talk the lingo sales and marketing or accounting
1: yeah not, none of my staff actually have that kind of background, so um what I I think I, I think I do it by just leading by example and I try to be that mentor to them as, as I was mentored. So uh, initially, you know, I'm going out with them anytime there's a business meeting with a client, I'm at every single one of them for a while and then eventually um I kinda wait for them to take the lead and eventually they start to tell me, Oh, I was I was talking with, you know, so and so, the business owner the other day and, and yada yada so Eventually, they begin to take the initiative on that, just as they take the initiative on the IT side. Um, you know, because they begin to see that that's a regular way that, that we do business. So, in my hiring, I'm, I'm looking for people that have personality <laughs> as, well, as well as IT skills, because I can teach somebody IT skills, but I can't really teach somebody to be uh, concerned and concerned about someone else's business and be a listener on the other end. So those are skills I find that they have to have out of the box in order to then be able to grow uh, into their p- job position.
2: Well, that you know that's critical. I mean, I was thinking about that the same thing as well. Is I can hire technical people, or I can, but really, what now I'm looking for myself is somebody has a soft skills. Somebody can sit in front of a client who's you know presentable, um, has a good uh, understanding of. The, the marketplace we're in, um, and you know I do ha- I do hire pure tech people as well, but you know they're more in a supporting role now, um, and maybe I'll throw this. Uh, I mean I'll I'll leave this open, see who wants to grab it because I'm not sure who really to direct this to. In, in your hiring, are you looking at hiring now more account rep manager type things, or, and then having techs support as supporting, or are you still hire, looking at hiring people that can do both? Who wants to grab that? All right. Well, my
1: my company's small enough that I I look for people that have both of those both of those skills, and they don't necessarily have to have both sets the day I hire them, but I I want and I'm looking for, I guess I'm I'm looking for a certain personality, a certain a certain uh, ability to listen, a certain interest in in the areas even outside of technology. So, um, for me, I, I'm looking to hire. Someone who has a little
2: bit of both skills and I heard Carl in there with was, uh, was something that you uh, were going to start with
0: well, just uh you know I think that that what we do again, being small uh like amy we we start with somebody who obviously is going to be able to do the technical side of things, but uh, to, some people take to the the softer side of the business, and some people don't so. You know, we, we try to move people in that direction, but we also do personality profiles, the DISC system profiles. So we have a sense of whether people are going to be interested in that. And, when, you know, we engage them. And there are people who just honestly want to sit at their desks. One of the questions we ask at the interview is if we had a position that was 60% inside and 40% at the client versus a position that was 60% at the client and 40% inside, which would you choose? And technicians overwhelmingly, man, they they want to sit at their desk, head down, and not talk to people. And so, you know, we're, we're always on the lookout for somebody who is able to have the conversation Amy was talking about, where you can go to a client and look him in the eye and you know, wear an ironed shirt that's not all wrinkled and, you know, present the company because it's, it's far more than just being technically competent, and I think we get carried away in our business sometimes that technical prowess is going to win the day. But um, I think technical prowess helps you solve a specific problem, but it, it's it's more than just solving any problem on any given day. You you really need a whole bundle of skills, and some of them can be learned, and some of them just come when, when they show up on the first day of work. So.
1: Hey, Carl, I think that that shirt needs to be a little bit wrinkled
0: or else they may <laughs> not see you as a, as,
1: a, as a competent IT person. They're going to look at you askance like maybe you're just a sales guy.
2: <laughs> hey, 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 hey,
0: hey. No, no, I think, you know, there's some truth to that, but I have to tell you, we've had two technicians where we have literally told them, I don't. When you go, when you get back from lunch, I don't want to see you wearing that shirt. And and you know we've we've had two technicians that uh, Manuel's actually given them twenty bucks and said, "There, go buy a shirt." And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you twenty bucks, the shirt on your back. I don't ever want to see it again. So well,
2: that you know that draws a, a good point here, uh, guys, is that uh, professional image. Uh, and you know you can have a uniform. and I know lots of uh, IT shops uh, locally here that. Uh, they get the, the button down collar shirts and with their logos, and, and uh, they have policies around you know dress slacks and, and, and dress shoes. Uh, that's one way of looking at it. I think we're, I don't think we're anywhere where we're at. When I first entered this uh, industry, I worked for a company that, you know what, Monday to Thursday, it was suit and tie. And that's the way. But that was the image. We were working in the banking industry, and we had that image we needed to portray of being professional because when we were dealing with it, I guess it comes down to knowing your client. Uh Philip maybe I'll, I'll I'll start with you and we'll go around the horn here is knowing your client to and you know you mentioned not for profits and, and, and those type of businesses I'm sure you can get away with having a you know your logo uh, company logo shirt with dress slacks but on uh, the other hand did you ever run across where you needed to you know dress up to you know fit into a uh, client's culture or or how did you cross that bridge
3: I think the only firms that I can remember uh, where an eyebrow w- would have been raised, let's say I was crawling around in a ceiling prior to going to visit a law firm, um, uh, then yeah, I would probably have to bring a change of clothes and get cleaned up, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, get a, a pair of slacks and a dress shirt on. Uh, tie, not necessarily. I find most small business owners and uh, business runners, managers, our primary contacts, partners, are pretty relaxed. Uh, the exception to that is the is the law firm type of setup. But then their presentation to their clients, they're in ser- shirts and ties, and they're wearing the Armani's. And the, depending on the style of firm and the style of law that they do or type of law that they do, so uh, for the most part, nonprofits it's jeans and a T-shirt. I, if if I am crawling around on the floor and doing a whole bunch of dirty work, I'm pretty comfortable as long as I clean myself up. I can walk in. They really like the the Microsoft Geek shirts. Uh, pretty much anywhere I go with those shirts on, they're acceptable. They really like them. They get a laugh. We get conversations going, that kind of thing. Uh, but for the most part, for us, it's uh, a beige pair of pants and the black uh, um, Microsoft Small Business Specialist shirts or Microsoft Certified Professional or but those button-down black shirts that we get from Microsoft. And if uh, it comes to our technicians, we'll buy it for them. We'll just say, Here, here's a couple shirts. Wear those when you
2: go inside. I mean- I'm I'm a suit and tie guy, so you know, Monday to Thursday I'm a suit and tie guy. But you know, Fridays it's a casual Friday. I was looking down and thinking, you know, should I make a comment about logoed uh, shirt? Here I'm looking at wearing my Dell Ret- uh, partner direct shirt today, uh, and that's that's kind of odd uh, thing for me. But Carl, what about you know image from your 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 team there in in Sacramento? Are you do you have a dress policy around uh, you know KP Enterprise sh- uh, logo shirts or or what do you do to you know meet the needs of your client or meet to match the needs of your client when they when the way they look and appear the, at their office well every so so often
0: when the cash flow is good we'll we'll throw out some logoed you know keep the enterprises logoed shirts but for the most part we basically ask that our technicians wear a shirt with a collar and you know business casual dress uh, the from time to time, somebody will choose to dress nicer than that because of the people they're meeting with or the circumstances. Last Friday, we had a client that had a, uh, a Vulture capitalist come in and and give they had to give a tour of their entire facility and their data center set up and all of that. And so, you know, we showed up with ties and we were, you know, looked like IBM from 1956. You know, we. We really tried to make it look like we were as professional as possible in order to make our client look as good as possible. So sometimes you get called on to do that, but day to day it's pretty much business, you know, casual. We we don't like jeans, but but any kind of a you know
2: slacks and a shirt with a, a collar is pretty much all we ask. Okay, so you mean you still have a professional image, which is. You know, one of the keys to, you know, wanting to be, to be looked at as a business, a professional business is to have that professional image. Right. And, well, um, you know,
0: one of the things you have to think about is, and I always tell my technicians, would you look in the mirror and would you pay that guy $150 an hour, right? And if somebody's in here, we, we've gone up against other technicians where we see him walking out the door and the guy's in jeans with uh, muddy boots, and we just think, okay, so – do you want to hire a farmer or do you want to hire a technician? And so we come in looking like technicians.
2: I think and I think that's important. If you especially if you wanted if you're asking for the higher hourly rate, I mean there's a big difference. If I go to my lawyer who uh, does a certain level of services and I see him, uh, you know, in a in a professional office uh, with a professional-looking staff, and he says, "We well, have yeah, the rate three hundred dollars an hour," versus the one at work, sort of uh, uh, the, a single office with the papers all piled up, has no supporting staff and wants the same amount. to go, uh, I'm getting a professional group for $300 versus a solo guy here. I think that's kind of the same debate we're having today. Is uh, you know, you can be a professional organization and be small and give that professional image, but also uh, you don't want to give that image where you're you're so cluttered and you don't know you don't know if you you don't know which day of the week it is and you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off, which we see with a lot of the smaller IT shops, Uh, and I think Philip is a great example. You know, you can still be small and still be professional and give that professional appearance. Let's talk about web image here for a sec, guys, because I want to kind of hit this one uh, before we wrap up. Uh, Andy, may I ask you first, uh, you know, how important is it to you to have the right image on your website when you're looking at the whole image here and professionalism? Uh, because of my, my sense is before the phone even rings or you get that email asking for your services, you're being scoped out on your website and uh, maybe Googled and uh, and searched it on the web. How important is it for Harbor Computer Services to have a professional web image?
1: Yeah, you know, I just was recently reviewing our website and, and making some changes to it, and um, I I actually have to admit I do it myself, and it probably looks like I do it myself. Um, and I, I do it as more out of a, a hobby than anything else because, unfortunately, I've found that our, our potential clients are not looking at the website. In fact, after this uh, meeting, I'm going out to meet with a with a somebody who hopefully will become a new client. And when they called, I specifically asked them if they had if they had taken a look at our website, and they said no. So they're just responding to a uh, mailer that we sent out recently. So, yeah, I, I would love to think that people are small businesses are shopping on the web but I have not at least in my area found that to be the case yet so um, I I have not spent the money to create a real professional type website I mean I think we have a decent website but you can certainly tell that uh, it wasn't done by a professional firm
2: that's one of the things I used to think too Amy until I realized uh, until I installed Google Analytics and actually found out where people were coming from and it was amazing. I found out that there was a lot of one one hit hit once and never and never stayed around. So I mean, yeah, it's a couple of things we need to look at. Uh, Philip, what are you doing from a, in a, in a small small shop like yourselves for for the web? What do you, you know? You have a blog and you have a corporate website as well. Uh, how important is it to you to have uh, all that information out there? Our,
3: if you have a look at our corporate website, it's basically a business card page that gives a bit of a description about what we do and uh, where we're at. I think um, in our experience locally, uh, not, much, not much of an influence. However, the blog, tie, tie the business card site into the blog that uh, I've been keeping now for about a year and a half, and uh, we have clients now all over the world. So the, the blog is probably the number one uh, eye-opener as far as what we're capable of and what we're doing and how we present ourselves. Um, in a, a very multifaceted way, so uh, in that sense, the internet, uh, the blog has been absolutely
2: phenomenal. I and I have to agree with you on that, is that you know? It's, again, when I put Google Analytics on, I found that people were going to our blog. It was amazing. And Amy, one thing I'm going to mention, you have also have some blogs as well. And how important is your blog to getting information out there? Do you ha- do you find that people are finding you because of the blog as well?
1: Um other it firms are definitely finding me because of the blog. Um, and uh, it professionals working for uh, companies that are are larger than our our core local base find me through the blog for sure. so I, I actually maintain two different blogs and do a newsletter. So I have a blog that is I consider my client facing blog and and um, I actually have a Google group set up so that I know that my local clients are getting email delivery also of any of the new blog posts that i that I make there. and we we send out a newsletter. and I think that communication is something that does make us stand out to our local customers. Uh, and then I maintain a technical blog, and the technical blog is the one that um, brings attention to us uh, from other other IT firms around the world and also um, IT pros working for larger companies. Uh, I know read that blog as well and and occasionally. Will contract us to do some work for them. So oh, I definitely wonderful. found the blog to be a to be a good source of of revenue and also a great communication starter too.
2: Great, and I mean that's how I use it too. Now, Carl, I'm looking at your website right now, and uh, it's got a lot of good information on there, a lot of eye-catching uh, uh, blocks and information there. Uh, tell yes. tell us how you use your uh, website to generate business for uh, for KP Enterprises.
0: Well, interestingly enough, you've caught me at an interesting moment in history because kpenterprises.com has always been the site for our clients. And if you go to kpenterprises.net, you'll see basically the same content, but with a whole different look and feel to it. And I like the kpenterprises.com because it's, it's more like Amy was describing. It's obviously something that uh, is not done by a professional glitzy campaign manager you know, from a marketing firm. And I think that that has a lot of appeal to small customers. Uh, they, they, they like to have a picture there where they say, oh, that's the guy who's the, the president of the company, Manuel. That's the guy I want to talk to. I'm going to get treated like a, a normal person by a normal company, And uh, I think that the more glitzy it is, the less appealing it is to smaller clients. Uh, We're actually, you know, for strategic purposes, redoing the face of our website. Uh, But my guess is that we will have, on the the new look, we will have less appeal uh, to smaller clients. And that's something that we're going to try to measure. But um, I've long felt that 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 look and feel is much more appealing to clients. Plus, as you say, it's full of information, and and content is king on the Internet. So we have lots of opportunities for people to get a a special report on this and that and the other thing and news. We put all of our newsletters, our printed newsletters. I think we have three years' worth online. And so we're we're constantly putting out information there that can be searched, that shows up in the, the search engines and so forth. We get a lot of clients who come to us over the web and we always have um, even when we started in 1995 our very first paying client came to us because they found us on the internet
2: and, and I, uh, I think you guys we all in the common theme here is we all have some sort of web presence uh, depending on you know different uh, at different generations I guess in our company we're, we're looking at version 3 which we're taking all of our technical stuff off of our website and making it more professional people focused because again as we move into our mid-market which we're, our company is looking at doing Uh, Again, different type of clientele. I have a a caller on. I'm just going to see if I can bring him on here, guys, maybe with some comments or a question for us. If I can uh, free it up here. I have Robert from New York. Robert, are you with us today? Hello there. Hi, Robert. Do you have a question or a comment for our group here today? Uh, Yes, I do. I I wanted to talk about uh, the professionalism and uh, hiring a liaison to work for the actual code people. Is that so, hiring a liaison to work with who, sorry? Uh, a liaison to work with the actual IT code people. Okay, so I think uh, having somebody to uh, bring somebody on to uh, work with your team uh, as a liaison. Carl, Amy, Philip, anyone you want to address that? Have you guys done that? Well,
0: we haven't had anybody
2: specifically for that role.
0: Uh, We have a lot of clients that have somebody technical in house, and basically our our tech team leader has to work with them about you know what the projects are and engage them in the roadmap process about where their company's going to go and so forth.
2: And one of the things we've done is uh, we brought on account reps now, uh, not sales people, and not technical people, but kind of in that conduit in between. Uh, to work with, uh, you know, the client issues. You know, I need to get a, an Internet line ordered or I want to sort out the invoice. Uh, I think from a liaison point of view, it's, it's working really well for us because uh, I want to keep my technical people focused on their technical jobs and I want to have a uh, a liaison to work with the stuff that, you know, that, those little annoying things that eat up technicians' time that they don't like doing anyways. So very important for, from our company. So we only have a few minutes left here, guys. Thank you, Robert, for joining us and asking that question to, uh, to the group. I want to go around the horn one last time here in the last few minutes here. Uh, any closing comments? Uh, Philip, we'll start with you. Uh, anything we, you would like to add that we haven't addressed yet?
3: Um, as far as the liaison is concerned, uh, when it comes to us small IT shops, and part of the professionalism is understanding the client's business. So if we're going to present a solution to them, we need to know what their business does, how it does it, and how they interact with their various vendors, manufacturers, suppliers, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Having that ability to drop the technical ease and speak in a language that the business owner can understand is a very key aspect to having people on board with us um, who present a, a knowledgeable, I'm not talking technical ease kind of aspect. So uh, that's how I would uh, see the, the liaison. Um, and when it comes to Vlad's comment about uh, the SPF, part of the professionalism is being prepared for being hit by a bus. So having things in place, the lawyers are in place, all of the documentation is in place, everything's in place so that if I do get hit, uh, my business partner, my wife, is prepared, uh, the lawyers are prepared, and all the information that needs to be done is done and taken care of. There's a sufficient plan in place and that kind of thing. So um, being aware of those responsibilities, which is essentially the, our responsibility to our client, is, is key to that.
2: Yes, systems and processes are, are critical to success, and, uh, and having, a, uh, as Arlene calls it at our HCG group, the disaster recovery plan for you as a business owner. Carl, any last-minute comments here? We have a couple minutes left.
0: Oh, just, uh, you know, I used to have somebody that I worked with who, he in terms of the dress code, he would always say that you should be as well-dressed as anyone you're going to meet today. And I think in terms of professionalism, it's probably uh, a pretty good clue for us. We should be as professional as anyone we're going to meet today.
2: And That's well said. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more, and that's why. Okay, yeah, you, have, you know, I have. I was joking around with the gym and the gym this morning with a guy. Uh, we used to work for a bank at one time, and we used to bug out and invest in bankers. Used to wear their suits and keep a closet full of suits at the office because, first of all, because they never went home, but they never knew what kind of client they were going to meet with that day. Uh, and Amy, any last minute uh, words of wisdom from uh, from your area there in Detroit?
1: Well, you know, I think I would I would go back to um, how we're going to. We're going to work to develop this business acumen amongst our amongst our technical staff, and I think it has to be led from the top. And then it needs to be a whole culture in your business that this is the way that we that we talk to clients. This is the way that we approach business owners, um, and you know, it's just kind of a the way that we do business is not just strictly technical. We need to always be asking the question uh, to make sure that what we're what we're proposing to implement actually has a business goal attached to
2: it. Yeah, that's that's important. I mean, having goals and having, you know, where you want to, the you know, direction you want to go is, is critically important. Uh, for everybody on the panel, I want to thank you very much for your time today. It was great having you on. I feel very honored to have um, spent the last hour with you on the phone here, learned lots myself just by talking to you, and uh, feel free to uh, join us again uh, down the road. So thank you very much for your time, everyone and uh, for joining us here on Small Business IT Radio. Again, we are here on blogtalkradio.com every week at uh, noon on the East Coast, 9 a.m. on the West Coast. We do miss the odds uh, Friday here and there, depending on what's happening in the, in the corporate calendar, but we try to make it every Friday so there's a, uh, a program that you can listen to. And, again, our whole goal here is to help you uh, grow your business, and we're going to have some great uh, shows coming up here in the next little while. Next week we're joined by uh, some great colleagues of ours. We have Eric Simpson. Uh, who's a veteran of our program, uh, Monique Rogers from Bakersfield, California, and Mitch Miller from Topeka, Kansas. We're going to be talking about extreme technology makeovers, and we're launching one in about an hour here in Calgary to uh, to the Calgary Fall Business Market. I'm going to you know, talk about marketing and kind of get out there and, and spread the word. We're going to just kind of focus on the technology makeover. In two weeks' time, we're going to be joined by Microsoft, uh, Ryan Storgart, and Rob Kent, and we're going to talk about software plus services. So we've got some great programs coming up. Uh, join us online at smallbusinessitradio.com. Download our previous shows. Put some comments up there. Uh, feel free to send us an email. Do all that good stuff. Again, this program is for you, the IT professional. Thanks to Carl, Amy, and Philip for joining us once again today. Uh, if you want to reach out to them, email us at info at smallbusinessitradio.com. We'll make sure the message gets forwarded on to them. And thank you very much once again for joining us. And we'll see everybody again next friday which is our special halloween show with monique eric and mitch
0: hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing